RootsOfTheSwampThing.com, your definitive online source for all things Swamp Thing. Swamp Thing is heating up. A brand new series coming from Scott Snyder and Greg Capullo. A brand new TV series on DC's streaming service online. RootsOfTheSwampThing.com. A lot of stuff about his history, what he's doing today, and everything in between. Go to RootsOfTheSwampThing.com for more information. Welcome to Wednesday Comics. Brought to you by RootsOfTheSwampThing.com and Supercon 2018, Return of the Con. Welcome to Wednesday Comics. To my right, we have Spider Ham himself. Alex, how you doing? Hello, everybody. And across from me, Peter Parker himself. Uh, Garrett, how you doing? Doing all right. And I am Marvin, your host, Miles Morales. We are here at the Wednesday Comics Podcast. We are a weekly book comic book podcast telling you this week the books that came out on the 28th of November. Is that correct? Yes. Okay. Dude, I don't even know what day it is today. Second? Okay. Second of December, we are, if you can notice from Alex and Garrett's tones, doing this over the phone again. We had a snowstorm. It wasn't as bad as they said it was going to be, but... No, still, nowhere close. Were you guys out today? Alex, you were out today. Was it... How I see yeah, it? Uh, you know, it wasn't bad. The main roads weren't bad. The side roads, yeah, a little, little snowy, but nothing I couldn't make it through with my two-wheel drive. Garrett, you going nowhere today? Yeah. Uh, yeah, it wasn't that bad at all. I okay. thought that everything was perfect. You know, like I saw Garrett out yesterday catching Pokemon. Hell yeah. Yeah, it didn't turn out as bad as, well, it turns out dry air. Alex, you know anything about that? You're, you're a weather man. Dry air, so we didn't get as much snow as they thought. That's what I heard. Correct. Um, Correct. <laughs> a lot of it went down south. A lot of it went down south. You know, when this weather starts coming, that means it's towards the end of the year. And I had a question for you guys. Coming up here the next, uh... The last couple of weeks of December, we always talk about like the best books of the year, and we have some categories we go over. I was wondering, while you guys are like, do you guys, we're getting to that uh, season. Overall as a year, not specific books. What do you guys think? How was uh, 2018 in terms of comics? Um, you know, I think, uh, to be completely honest, that it's a little lackluster. Like, there's some great content that's come out, but I feel like... 2018 is a victim of delays. Like so many books have been delayed this year. Um, I don't know. I just feel like there was nothing in my mind that's like, holy shit, this is the best comic ever right now. Like we that's have in Saga. Well, yeah, but now Saga isn't going to be gone for a year. Well, so. I know. I actually kind of agree with you. I feel like when we do our best new series, there's a lot to pick from. But in terms of best book, like the books last year that were on that list, but if we go back and look at that top five. I bet all but one of those books are delayed and haven't came out this year at all. Or like yeah, it came out they, once Okay, so Royal City is done. So it can't be on this list this year. Uh, Saga, like Garrett said, is going to be gone for a year. Department H is year. done. Department H is done. There's a lot of books that were solid starting in 2016 or 2017, ended maybe in 2018. And that was at the beginning of the year. So now in the last half, I would say, has been a little weaker. There are specific titles that are amazing, but as a whole, it probably is a little more... It's quieter on this back half, which is unfortunate because we started out so strong. Well, Royal City... Yeah, it's like, it's like there's books that are like, they're all about momentum, and then for some reason, like, after the first arc, it's just like, well, this is what we're going to do instead. Like, oh, Okay. Well, didn't Royal City run into August? The last issue yeah. came on August? So, I mean, that's still a contender. It came out for eight. Yeah, out of I just 12. mean, like, there wasn't a, a lot of content. No, it wasn't like, you. Yeah, I could list, Alex like, said that Falls. Royal City is done with, so that can't be nominated. I was like, well, eight issues came out this year. And usually, what was it, like, three weeks? Yeah. Like, like an arc. I think two arcs came out from Royal City this year. So, that would still be yeah. a contender. Um, but, uh, it, but that's, like, 200 comics ago, you know? Yeah, I know. It's been four months here. I think the like the last uh you know, third of this year. I there's nothing really that I mean, the, I think the only thing is Batman 
like in Heroes of Crisis, like, but those, even those, I'm not how, I don't know how much excited I am, like with Royal City and those kind of books, which were fresh. Actually, there's one book I can think of that actually is like that. And I won't mention it that way. Uh, you guys can't guess what it is, but, um, I, I've, I've got one, I've got maybe one book that is relatively new that I would actually say is, um, one of my favorite books coming yeah. out. But other than that, there's not a whole lot of things other than specific issues that I remember that I really enjoyed. So, I mean, that's not to say that there isn't consistent good work, but there's nothing that really stands out in my head. Like last year, I felt like I had a hard time picking the top five. And this year, it's more being like, what's standing out this year? Like, I there's a lot of good stuff, but does it deserve to be in my top five? That's what I'm thinking. Of. Last year, I was like, okay, what do I cut out of this? Um, so, I mean... I was just thinking about that today because I was thinking about what I would put on that list, and I only thought of like one or two books. So we'll see. I mean, there was one book that definitely, like, I can think of that I really did love, and it would be on that list. So that's not hard. I think the top of my list is really easy. It's that five through three that I'm going to have difficulty being like, okay, what's five through three for me? Okay, end of the year. But boys, you know, it's still the end of uh, November. So we're here, and we're going to talk about it. We're going to talk about Heroes in Crisis. That's Tom King and Clay Man. Also, actually, Lee Weeks did most of the art. If you looked at the credits, uh, Clay Man just did the first and last page, and then Lee Weeks did the rest of the issue, which uh, was surprising to me. But it's still, actually, I think maybe it looks a little bit better. Um, Clay Man's good, but I, I like see, Lee Weeks. The, I never even noticed that there was a change. It yeah, was so I, fluid that... I think I didn't the, notice. It, they didn't put anything to the last page when the, there was that nine panel grid and it says Clayman did pages one and 20, which basically are those nine panel grids and the rest is Lee Weeks. Um, what did you guys think of the Heroes in Crisis number three? Um, I think it's kind of what we were wanting is to have some flashbacks because basically when the series picked up, you know, we don't even see some of these characters we know like going through a rehab program, we just find them dead in the first issue. So this was really good, I think, to kind of go back and see why, you know, Roy Harper was there, Booster Gold coming there for the first time, like all these characters, uh, Wally West getting there. Um, this is what I was expecting and I was hoping for, is kind of see their story and like how it goes from them arriving at Sanctuary to their deaths. Yeah, and I think um, we got a clue here. And I'm not sure. I was looking on the internet for people's reactions. And I don't think most of them picked up on it. Because they were. Oh, here's the one thing about this issue that they were angry about. And I bet you guys will agree. But let me uh, tell you why maybe it's not what we think it is. That And that um, where she kills Wally, Harley Quinn kills Wally with the hammer, right? Mm-hmm. And a right. lot of people online were like, how is she so strong and fast that she would kill a speedster? And at the last page, when we get to the last page, the nine panel grid, because remember, this place is for heroes, heroes in crisis. And we get to that last page and Nemesis, where it says Nemesis just that, I got a, a week behind me. Um, Nemesis is a character who has super strength. And he he's his other power is he's a master of disguise. So I'm thinking that's not even Harley Quinn. That's him. Oh. Um, we'll see. But also, like, when we saw her take Wonder Woman's lasso and, like, had them all, like, they were all caught off guard because they weren't expecting that from her. So I feel like that part of the story is going to be revealed that it's not actually her. We'll see, though. I'm not sure. I might be right wrong. And she actually has been beefed up for this story. But to me, that still rings like there's, like, a it rings in the story that it's being told to you being like, how can this happen? Like everybody, every time she does one of those things, everybody's always like confused. They're not like, Oh yeah, she is that strong. Like Batman, Wonder Woman and Superman were caught off guard because, and they weren't like, Oh yeah, that's Harley. They just were like, they were caught off guard that she would do that. So that's what I, I thought. Think. Wally's leg was like shot with something. And that's what stopped him from no. running. He was in. So you know how he was in the, um, seeing his family in that uh, hologram uh, place. Yeah. Everybody had been killed and he was staying in there, even though he heard emergency emergency. So he ran out and then he grabbed Red Arrow and said, uh, what did I do with the kids? I didn't want to leave. I didn't want to be alone. So like he's upset because he's like, I took so long because I didn't want to leave the hologram and leave my kids behind. 
And now everybody's dead because I was too slow to react to it. But he was just laying there, and she hit him in the head. Hmm. He wasn't injured at all. If you see, like, uh, two pages before, he's actually just running outside. Oh, yeah. He's, like, coddling uh, Roy's body. Yeah, and she just sneaks up and hits him in the head. So. Ah. Well, yeah, then, so he's a victim of that. circumstance. Like, say, he's then a species she, and gets like, surprised. I said, it's not like she overpowered him. She just bashed his head with the hammer. The guy, he's got a quick reaction. She would or he would have yeah, heard that coming. Well, he doesn't. He doesn't have spider broken. sense. We'll see. We'll see. It might, if it is her, it is her, whatever. And maybe your guys' uh, what you guys just said will become true. Or maybe it'll turn out it's not her. So I'm just saying there's a possibility. Because we have somebody yeah. in the house that we know is somebody who dresses up. So uh, overall, I think I do agree with Garrett, too. I think this is what we've been looking for, more answers. I like the flashback aspect of it. What that house means to these heroes. What they're trying to get rehabilitated. And also... For character moment, I, so there's a lot of plot points here, but also I feel like Booster Gold, Wally, um, there's great character moments from those two characters that we get here, like Booster acting like he's happy, and then he goes in and he breaks down, and you can tell he's uh, really messed up, but he has his personality that people expect him to have, so he's keep trying to keep that up. And then Wally, after finding out that he used to have a family, he used to have kids, and now he has to live with they don't really exist anymore. Like that is so, when he was in there, he's like, I want to live in this reality. I don't care if it's not real. I'm going to live in here because I want to be with my family and my kids. And then he couldn't leave even when there was a real life thing going on. And so all the people actually died because of it. Like that part for me was probably out of the first three issues, probably the most powerful part was that he's like, I'm not going to leave. And then he left. He's like, I should have left, but I couldn't leave my kids again. You know what I mean? Yeah. What was Lagoon Boy doing? He kept letting himself get shot with a laser beam. Yeah, so... So that he's not surprised. The Teen Titans, he said, got shot with the laser beam, and he was the only one who didn't. And so he wanted to feel it over and over again because he had survivor's guilt about it. So he just kept getting shot and shot and shot until he thought it would go away eventually, but he kept... He still had it, even though he got shot. So he kept doing, let's go again, let's go again, because he thought it would go away, but never went away. When did the Teen Titans get laser beamed? I don't know. In some storyline in the past. But yeah, I don't think oh, it's I like... See, I see. It's not necessarily going on now. Okay. It could have happened in the current title. I guess I don't remember any... Uh, I mean, I'm not Titans in Teen Titans, where, so I guess I don't know. Yeah, but. yeah I was going to say, I haven't written Teen Titans in a while, so I'm not sure. Okay. But overall, I like it. It's good. This is one of those issues that I guess I don't know what I'm expecting from it, so I read it as it was. Um, it was good. I enjoyed it. But it wasn't like a 10 for me. This has maybe been like a, an 8. I'm sitting at a 9 because this is what I've always wanted from this book is to, you know, it would have been nice. And I think I'm glad that they're doing this is I wanted to see how Sanctuary functioned before it got destroyed. So, like, I'm very thankful that, like, they're doing flashbacks. I think that's just going to make a better story overall. I give it a 9. Is it meant eight. to look like um, Superman's house? Yeah. Like Mom, Pa, Kent? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. It's supposed to okay. Uh, I give it a nine. I really like the art in this issue. Lee Weeks that did a great job. Clayman's issues were great, but I something about Lee Weeks style that I actually enjoy a lot. It's a lot warmer. I feel um, not so like Clayman just feels a little shiny. I'm not sure. You would have to look at them side by side to understand what I'm saying. But Lee Weeks art, I think there's more like especially that Booster Gold page and that Wally page. There's more humanity in the faces, and I feel like for this issue it works. So I don't know if it was a planned thing. Or it was just for time. But if it was planned, I see why. Uh, but it was struggling well, for me. Sorry. I always feel like Clayman is more of the uh, action, a good action artist. Where I think Lee Weeks, much like we saw in Batman. Um, uh, what was the arc? The freeze? Cold, cold days. Yeah, cold days. Where you need that. You, you need to see that humanity. You need to see that more personal... Well, most of the scenes, yeah, most of the scenes were just people talking. So that's yeah. what Lee Weeks I think does best is when they talk, they're emoting their faces to a point where, like on Flash on that page, and uh, like I said before, Booster Gold, both of them, you're like you feel so bad just from empathy from looking at them rather than what they're saying. So it was great. I liked it. Alex, what else we got? <clears throat> we got Terrifics number ten, written by Jeff Lemire and art by Victor Bogdanovic. <laughs> Okay, so uh, this was probably the first issue of Terrifics. One, I was excited to read it. Two, 
when I got done reading it, I was like, holy shit, that book was good. Oh, Fantastic that, it was probably my, my favorite issue of the series. Like, it, it was like a finale issue of the arc, and it, like, tied everything together. Um, that art, you know, Victor Bogdanovic, or however you say his name, like, he did action comics for a bit. Like, I love that art song. He can do, like, a face really, really good. Um, and, yeah, the story was just so interesting, having this team no longer bound together. Now they can separate. Like, you know, the Phantom Girl, you know, gets the bull on because she's just like, oh, this is my family. And then once the family doesn't have to be tied together, she's they're like, fuck off. Bye. <laughs> I, um, I, I think I'd agree with you. I think this may be the strongest issue I've read. Um, and I think a part of it is that we also read Fantastic Four this week, that this felt like a good team book. And yet now that obviously they're not going to be a team for a couple of issues, but I actually feel for these characters and I actually feel like they, it made me sad. And I kind of felt the same way that Phantom Girl felt. I thought we were friends. I thought we were a family. I thought we were in this together. And Mr. T is like, bro, not no more. Yeah. So. I thought also, so I agree with you guys. I really did enjoy this issue. It felt fun. And actually, for the first time, so a lot of the issues have been kind of like one-shots or like Alex was saying, they're kind of like, after you're done, like, oh, that was cool. But this is the first one where I was like, okay, I want to read the next issue. And also, though, because they announced recently, like silently, not really like a big press release, but I think Jeff said in an article that he's done with Terrifics after like the next few issues. Um, oh, sad. And I forgot who's taking over that book. But so I think Jeff has a story to tell. And then after that, he's like, I have nothing else to do with this book. And then, but DC wanted to keep the book around. I'm not sure. We would have to see. But when I saw this ending, I was like, okay, I feel like there's one more arc for Jeff. And then this book's done. Because I remember looking, whatever he said, I remember thinking that it was soon. So I did get a little sad also, like Phantom Girl. I was like, okay, this is now getting to a point where I'm really into this book. And then I also realized, well, okay, well, only for a little bit, and then I guess we're going to be done with this thing. Well, I'm not sure. I would see who the next person is and what they're going to do. That that might actually right there be the definition of what we were talking about in the uh, free talk is that I think the creators of these comics this year are doing such great work, but they're so busy, they can't stay on a book or they uh, fulfill their vision of what they want to tell. And we're getting these very short arcs and nothing's like staying long anymore or or long lasting. So, um, you know, like DC Super Age or Age of Heroes, like all those books got canceled except for Terrifics, Silencer, and another one. I don't know, but like all those are being canceled. Well, I think Sideways too. Sideways too. Yeah, I'm bummed. Oh, really? Yeah. Yeah, Sideways is being canceled. I think in this market today, it. You need a lot more to stay around, and so a lot of these books are being shorter. Either they start shorter, like they can't promise that it'll be an ongoing, so it's planned to be one arc, two arcs, or 12 issues, um, or they let it run and see, okay, th- we think this might pick up an audience, and then nothing happens, and they got to let it go. So it's sad, I mean, but that's the way comics have been, but I think it's more apparent now because there's more quantity of books coming out, especially on the Marvel side. I think they're pumping out a lot of books and they can't sustain themselves. And so that's why we get that. But it's sad, though, because usually the smaller books like that, that aren't the big titles that have more interference from editors are usually the best books. And they're usually the ones we enjoy. And then they uh, get canceled because nobody else is reading them because they got to pick up 50 other books. So not that they have to, but if they're me. They would drop them all. So this was a good aid for me. This was a good aid. <laughs> uh, I got to give it a 10. Like I enjoyed from cover to cover. Um, art was good. I thought that uh, Java as uh, Doc Dredd, I think his name is. Um, yep. I thought that was a pretty cool concept about how his ploy is basically that he's in love with Stag's daughter. Um, it was a Sapphire. Sapphire. Yeah. So I think the team worked great together. Plastic Man was funny as always. Like, it just was a good time. And, you know, it really, you really felt like, uh, how do I say that? You feel for Phantom Girl and like you're like, yes, this team is awesome. And then they're like breaking up and you're like, oh, no way. Like they just got together. So um, I like to hear that like Jeff's doing another arc because I think he's going to probably give us a really good arc about that team reconnecting before someone else takes over. I, th- I think this is one of those books you almost just need to let it die with Jeff. I mean, I like the characters, but 
I'm so attuned into how Jeff writes these characters, and it's I don't who knows. I guess I don't know who's taking over the book. Maybe it'll be someone really amazing. Excuse me, but uh, I'd give this actually a nine. I enjoyed it. There's a lot of things that were it's not perfect for me, but this really got me excited to continue reading this series. And the art was great. The story is great. Who doesn't love Jeff Lemire? So I'm ready for issue 11, though. I'm actually kind of nervous now knowing that it's ending. Uh, I'll look up who it is. If uh, Garrett, you want to tell us what the next book is. Yep. We got Black Panther, number six, written by Ta-Nehisi Coates, with art by Jen Partell, and colors by Triona Farrell. Um, so this issue... Uh, we have a different artist, and it's about the story of the villain, which I can't remember his name. Um, it's that's Killmonger. This is Killmonger. Yeah, and Jock and Jadaka is Killmonger. Oh, oh, I wasn't picking up on that because I don't really ever say that it's Killmonger. Well, they don't. They don't call him. They don't call him Killmonger or Eric or anything like that. They call him right. and with and Jadaka. Yeah, see, that's. But I, I don't know enough about Black Panther to know that's Killmonger. Well, he's even wearing um, the, the black leopard suit. Oh, yeah, but. Or Black Jaguar. This is the but future, man. Then, this is a galaxy then far, to find far away. Out, I was wondering why his suit seems so weird. And now we find out that it's a Clintar suit that he's wearing. Yeah, that for me was the biggest thing. I was like, oh, so oh, that was cool. I thought. Um, I can't find who's writing that book, but. Um, I thought that was a really cool moment where he realizes that the only way like he could have... So basically, they promised him, they're like, hey, we want you to lead us, but they all said, you would never be the full... You're not the chosen one. You would never be the one that eventually would lead this group, but we need you to help them find that person. And he basically was like, no, I want to become king of this group. So he goes and you know, lets himself be bonded with the symbiote. And now he has all this power and so now it's basically he's trying to take over the kingdom while the chosen one is now finally here so i actually so the art change did not bother me at all i really do love this art um i actually thought for this issue specifically i'm not sure how it will be in the future with the action scenes but this one here i thought actually was a good choice and actually i think made this issue better and this issue was fantastic and when it ended, I was like, no, let's keep going. Because <laughs> I know the next one's not going to come out for like two months. Well, I, I think that this art style fits the best for at least this arc. If it's all going to be about Killmonger. And I know that I'm guessing that we're going to get Black Panther showing up here shortly. Um, this is probably my strongest and most favorite issue we've had of Black Panther so far. Um, I love Killmonger even more now than I used to. This is This is a solid, solid 10 for me. Um, this was strong. Um, so I guess what I don't understand, like, is Clintar symbi- is the symbiote? Yeah. Okay. So it's the Black Panther suit that he's wearing is out of symbiote. Yeah, it's the same species oh, okay. that Venom is. Huh. Interesting. That is a very cool concept. And, you know, I guess for me, and if any other fans just started reading this book, if you don't know, like, I didn't know Killmonger's name was Ninja Daka. Like, I just thought he was the new villain. Uh, still, it was amazing. Like, I didn't know that was Killmonger this whole time and still thought it was an incredible book. So, um, I really wish they would have, like, let you know that, but I guess you had to know the character more. Um, but yeah, Jen Bartel, like, the art on this is so good, and she does the art for Blackbird. Oh, it looks so good. So I'm really enjoying her artwork, and I can't wait to see what she does in the future. Uh, I would give this book a 9. Uh, it was a 10 for me. This issue specifically, I I think, is fulfilling what I want from Black Panther. Or, I mean, this here, so we've got a lot of action up to this point, but this one here was a lot of uh, T'Challa and the political part of Wakanda that I enjoy. So this issue for me was like, okay, we're still going to get that. It's just that he is also giving us the action while we're getting this too. So I enjoyed it a lot. The art was fantastic, I thought. So this was actually probably my favorite book I read this week. Well, and it, it shows, at least in this issue, it shows, I want to say, the greed or how power-hungry uh, Killmonger is. Because now he's, he goes up against Bast, the you know god of Wakanda, the panther god that bestows the Black Panther power onto T'Challa and all the kings of Wakanda. And we see that Killmonger wins. 
Yeah. With having this symbiote, he bites her, and now he's corrupted her powers into his own now. Like this, I just, I thought this was so, so good. It makes me excited for the next issue, even though we're waiting probably a month and a half to get it. Yeah, the last page of this uh, issue for me was like, God, it made me, it made me a little sad that I was like, okay, uh, like Alex just said, it's going to be a while. <laughs> but Because the next one's the next, it says book two, The Gathering of My Name. And just even like that whole book two, Gathering of My Name was like, oh God, I can't wait. I can't wait. Because I don't know if that's going to be like there's a break between the books or we're going to get the next one when we normally get it. I guess I have to check it and see. But. It's coming out in two weeks. Twelve. No, get out of town. Yeah, so actually quicker than we are anticipating. Okay, well, we'll see. We'll see if that turns out to be true or not. Uh, Man Eaters, number three, Chelsea Kane, Kate uh, Manikic, Rachel hey, Rosenberg. Uh, text me when you guys are ready for me to get back on. <laughs> Joe, what? He doesn't want to get this book spoiled for him because he did. Oh, oh, okay. oh that's right. Uh, okay, I was confused for a second. He's like, "Oh, is he done uh, doing this podcast? <laughs> What's going on?" <laughs> uh, so this issue basically is mostly a flashback. Yeah. Um, hey, let me ask you a question about this issue. I actually love this issue. It's probably my favorite one out of the three. Um, it felt a little like a lost uh, episode structure. We had a main story that was present day, and then there was a flashback telling you how this all started, or like some sort of story to um, kind of fill out a character, which was our main character. It, for me, I was like, okay, this is basically like how Lost used to do the episodes. I mean, it's because I've been watch- rewatching Lost recently. But... Oh, really? Nice. Yeah, I would agree. Like, you know, there's actually so much about the story that we didn't understand without these flashbacks um, to the point that it's like she's choosing to have her period so that she, could, she can turn into a panther. Like... She's not trying to, uh, like, suppress her hormones. She's trying to let them be free, which is why, you know, she's turning into a murderous beast. Um, but she's doing it with a group of friends. Like, that was an interesting take. I was like, whoa. So this whole time you think she's, like, uh, an outcast. She's by herself. She's experiencing this for the first time. And she is, but it's, like, kind of part of her plan, to be honest. And, you know, it's funny that she... Getting, I remember when she went to the men's uh, like break room area and stole all their like uh, suppressing hormones or whatever. Yeah. I don't know why they would have a hormonal boost in the men's break room. That part I don't know. Uh, it's a blocker. Um, that that drink. So they have bottled water and bottled uh, sparkling water that has no estrogen in it because the water, the public water system has estrogen blocker, I believe. So that way, oh, so this was estrogen free water. Yeah, so that way, oh. they wouldn't have their period. So I don't necessarily mean I don't necessarily think that she was trying to turn into that. I mean, she knew it would be a possibility, but I think she just was like, "Why am I being treated differently? Uh, like, fuck the system. I'm gonna do this because why should I be treated different than the boys?" Like when they was like, "Hey, that's your water over there." And she's like, no, I'm going to take this water here. Like, just her fighting the system, and she got a bunch of girls to do that. I think that was, like, they don't care that they turn into Panthers because they're like, no, I'm not going to be treated any differently just because I uh, turn into uh, a Panther if I have my period. Like, I should be able to do whatever the guys do, too. Like, they have their own lounge and everything. So I think it was her fighting the system and not carrying the consequences, which for me, I really enjoyed that part of it because I was, it really, once again, like, this book kind of, even though there's an in-story, like, there's a lot of things that are um, real-life issues, but they blow it up in a way to make it seem absurd. But then you think about it, being like, okay, well, really, like, uh, the beginning part when there was a lot of sex education for the dudes and for the ladies, they were kind of like, okay, well, that's like, they really don't go into it that much. And it's, it's really true because a lot of things are focused to make sure that guys are okay. And then girls are like, okay, no, whatever, you're secondary to that. So... For that part of it, I enjoyed, and then we also got the side story of the uh, investigation of the crime scene. Still with the corgis, they sent out the corgis to find uh, the trail. Are, yeah. cor- are corgis uh, tracker animals? Uh, I think so, actually. Think- so that's. I mean, I guess they can hunt panthers. <laughs> yes. So that story, they go and find it, and eventually they find out. That so the panther gets away and they find bike tracks and they're like okay well they turn back into a human and she's like no like they stay a panther for like twenty four hours 
He's like, she's like, there's no way. But I'm thinking maybe if they've been drinking that water for a while, that maybe they've learned to control it. And so now we have panthers that are able to change back and forth without it being, because before it said that they it did it when they had their period, and then uh, in in the beginning part was like it's uncontrollable. So maybe we're at a point now where they're learning to control it, and so that's why it doesn't make sense. They're like, no, she would be a panther for forty eight hours, and he's like, well, somebody ran away in a, bu- a bike, and it, they were they would have been right here. So I think maybe that's where it's going with the story. But anyways, overall. I think this is the strongest issue in terms of the plot, but in terms also of being enjoyable, like the characters in this issue. I think all the characters. Yeah, I think character development was huge in this issue as well. Like, I think we're just finding out what's the main character's name. I can't think of her name. Uh, I actually was just about to ask you. Let me pull it up here. I have it right here. Um... But yeah, like I think finding out more about her quirks and like um, her relationship with her dad and a strange mother, basically like, uh, and it's kind of fun seeing the mom and dad out in the field, like working together, like kind of being forced in a sense. But you can kind of feel that chemistry between them. And it's it is very funny that they're like forced into a situation where they have to work together. I'm looking at the. What did they name? I can't find it here. So anyways, at the beginning, what I was talking about, about the real life. So at the beginning, they're teaching them sex education. They're like, but testosterone, here's all the stuff you'll get. And be like, you're going to have uh, great hunting ability, math proficiency, speeding. You'll have facial hair. Like, And I, that's really true because when they teach guys, they're like, you're going to get facial hair. You're going to get muscles. Like, it's good that you have more testosterone. And then for the ladies, they'll be like, okay, you're going to get moody. You're going to be able to retain weight. You're going to get pimples and all this stuff like that. Like, they're all negatives. And it's not to be celebrated where the guys are like, oh, yeah, you're, it's good you're going through puberty. And all the ladies are like, okay, well here's all the negatives that's going to happen to you. So I really did enjoy those two pages where they kind of explained how that works in society. Uh, I don't know what her name is. And also the back matter is actually pretty cool too. Hey, what do you Yeah, think? I do enjoy that. Like the articles and whatnot. Yeah. It kind of builds this world, but it doesn't. So some, some uh, new books tend to have an issue or not an issue, like an, not a comic issue, but like an issue with building worlds. And they try too hard up front to like build a world right away. Cause they want to get that out of the way. Where this back matter does a good thing because it builds it in a way where it's not necessary for us to slow down the plot to tell all this stuff, to have exposition. It's just back there so you can just read it and be like, okay, well, now I kind of understand this world a little more. Yeah, and I, you know, I think this book's also taking a page out of Lazarus' handbook where you know they're doing their own ads like on the back cover, like on the inside back cover. Like I think that's really fun, and you're right. It does world build as opposed to just like – well, here's our fake comic, like, you know, fictional world. It's more like we're fully immersed in it. The uh, choice on that one page that when they had the news broadcast to have uh, real pictures in it, have a real lady and not a drawing. Um, yeah. When I got there, it, like, threw me off. But then also I thought it was a little cool. Like, I'm not sure what to think They've of that done page. that. They've done that in every issue. There's been, like, oh, at least there. one actual image. I don't know I guess, why they're doing it, but. I guess maybe that's the first time I noticed. I don't know. It's just a style choice, I think. Maybe that things on the TV are showing up like real pictures. I'm not sure, but whatever. Um, yeah. I did like it though. And the last page where you see her eyes kind of light up kind of goes towards my theory that she can control it. And she's like, the cat wants out. So it almost seems like now they're taking charge of their puberty and not going to be a victim of it. So like that for me right there was like, okay, I see where the book's going. And I do enjoy where it's going. For me, this was a very strong nine. Yeah, I'd give it a nine as well. I think only for so because like I didn't really understand the whole water scene. Like I didn't get that she was just drinking because like you know the whole book they're like don't do this, don't do this, don't do this, and then she's just like getting this estrogen free water, and then but it's like you know you're going to turn into a panther. But I guess you find out later that it's the same issue that she planned it from the beginning so yeah i think it was a more of like fuck the system i'm just gonna do what i want so yeah fuck the system yeah that's how i do it uh there's alex pastrello we were just saying fuck you too so um <laughs> man ears number three like uh alex what else did we get we got jl or sorry not jl justice league odyssey number three 
written by Joshua Williamson, art by uh, wasn't Stephen Sajic this week. It was the art. The cover was Stephen Sajic, but I think the art was what Brion's. Could have been. I don't know. I'm not sure who. My, pre- I can look my previews world is wrong. Then let me look it up while you tell me what you thought of the book. You know, well, as I told the guys earlier today, this book is. I actually really enjoyed this issue. I just wish that the art had been by Sajic, like I thought it was supposed to be. Uh, I don't even know what I could. T- I don't even know what was going on. Who's this new bad guy that we got introduced to? Not Ravager, but uh, he's basically name? like an acolyte of Azrael. He's like obsessed with Azrael, like in his mission. But he's he's not obsessed enough that he thinks he can take the mission over. So. Um, well, I guess is he's not he an acolyte Sin- of Azrael because he's like looking for cyborgs. So, is he, is he, um, well, I, the way I understood, it, is he from Saint Dumas? Rapture, you guys are talking about? Yeah. yeah. Well, he does say, "Azrael, I Rapture am your loyal servant, and only I, you can lead the world to their destiny." So, I believe he is. He thinks that he is uh, Azrael's servant, and as you heard in the first issue, didn't hit the voice in his head, tell him to like kill everybody. You know, like he was like that. You shouldn't be on here. Like you should. I, I forgot what happened in the first issue, but I remember thinking that we could see a turn for Azrael where he goes against them. Yeah, but I, for some reason, like that city they're in, you know, he thought maybe he thought he was tracking down Cyborg to find Azrael because like he's in that uh, Cyborg city where they have a huge statue of Cyborg. Um. So I don't know. Like I. For all I can tell is that Rapture wants to find Azrael, and he'll do it by any means necessary so that that cyborg utopia can exist. Uh, I don't know. Felipe I Bronis feel like is the I feel artist. like Darkseid exited stage left like really quickly after issue two. He's in this issue. Yeah, but then he, no, see, he shows up in this issue though. He does. He does. But like, I thought this book was going to be about a mission, and it's more like. Now nah, here's more plants. Like here's more seeds that we're gonna plant all over the series. I'm I, like, I don't think that necessarily. I think Darkseid is leading them on a mission, but he's more pushing them without them knowing because he's trying to make them form a team and do whatever he wants without having them know that Darkseid's the one pushing them towards that mission. So he's like trying to be other people to like help them out and gain their trust and like say, hey, you should do this. But he knows if he would have told them, they wouldn't have done it. So. He's yeah, kind of like true. the man. He's like the Wizard of Oz right now. He's the man behind the curtain, and he's trying to do it. And eventually, they'll be like, "Hey, who's back there?" And be like, "Oh, it's Darkseid." And we'll see what happens well, then. But I thought he seemed more like Gandalf. Gandalf, where he wa- yeah. Like all of a sudden, Gandalf's like, "Hey, I'm going to go to uh, some other place. Um, I'll be back when you guys." Yeah, desperately, but you, you desperately know it's Gandalf me. all time. They, they don't think they're working for somebody else. I'm saying they don't know it's Darkseid. Oh, I see. Just so saying. Wizard of Oz, like they know they don't know who really that guy is. They just have this kind of they get tricked into doing stuff. I mean, that's not the best analogy, also, but uh, they're just getting tricked into doing what he wants, and they wouldn't have done it if Darkseid. Because you saw in the first issue when he's like, "I need your help," and they're like, "No, we're gonna help you." So he's like, "Okay, yeah, well, I gotta kind of I gotta try to trick them into helping me," and that's why he's kind of like in the background, being like, "Okay, I'm still gonna push them towards the mission, but they won't know I am doing that." Now, normally Darkseid can't. Transform into other people, right? He he's not a master of disguise. He's right? a powerful guy. I don't know. He can do what he wants. Yeah, that's probably the first time I've seen him do it. So uh, it might be technology. Who knows? Maybe, might Maybe. be that new suit he has on. Uh, the art uh, from Felipe. Um, I will agree, Alex. Uh, Sajic is a better artist. There's something special about his art that I enjoy looking at and reading a story from it. This was not bad at all. This actually probably looked pretty great, but it also was disappointing that it wasn't Sajic just because his art is so special, I think. And, like, it stands out. So, for, like, if this would have been the artist from issue one, I don't think it would be that bad. But since I'm used to seeing Sajic and, like, I know that he could be on this book, that's what the thing was like. Oh, okay, I wish it was him. Well, I, th- I thought that there was that delay of the first three issues needed to be done, so I expected the th- first three issues to be Sage picks art. No, the first so two... It's just, it's just me being picky. The first two were made, and DC scrapped them, so they had to remake them. So I believe that might have oh, put him behind so he couldn't do issue three. Okay. So yeah, I, mean, wonder, I still wonder what, what it was that they had to redo them. Um, I think online they've released what 
the idea was. I I never actually read it just because I was like, I don't really want to go down that path of reading something that's never going to happen. But I guess I could. Yeah, that's true. But I know online I saw something about they were t- saying what they were trying to do. I believe it. We've there was a member that is was supposed to be on this team that no longer is on this team, and somebody was supposed to die or something like that, and they didn't really like that. Whoa. I don't not sure for sure. I would have to look, but. For me, actually, I do enjoy the story a lot. I actually thought that at first, the beginning of this issue, I was like, oh, am I going to like this? It took a little bit to get into, but by the end, I really did enjoy this. I like the way that it feels. doesn't feel like a Justice League book. It feels like more of a sci-fi adventure with people from the Justice League. And it feels enjoyable knowing that it feels like a, a big story is going to happen and it's not just going to be one arc and then, okay, we'll go on to something else. It feels like this might be a story for a while. So I actually do enjoy that about this. So Darkseid is Rapture in this book? No, he's the other no. guy. That he's heals the Starfire. He's the what? The guy that he's heals the Starfire. The doctor. That heals mm, Starfire? The green doctor that comes to heal Starfire. Interesting. On, on the junk planet. Yeah. Like I actually, I, I think this is the best JL book coming out right now. But that's not really comparing it to anything. That's bananas, apples, and oranges because you're getting Snyder's um, world building JL. Right now, we're stuck in the drowned world. Um, I actually haven't read the last issue of JL Dark because I just don't know if I care. And I actually, I enjoy this book. I think this book has a good uh, narrative going on and. Most of the time, the art's really good. Even this art was was pretty solid. These bad guys, or not even bad guys, but the um, slavers, they're all dicks. <laughs> I'm glad that they beat the crap out of them. I think this is the freshest one out of those three. The other two like had uh, promised something fresh, and I think they just reverted back to what we've been seeing before. So that's kind of why they felt not interesting. I think this one actually is delivering on being something different. So that's why I enjoy it. I, think, I guess, yeah, I, I guess the, I totally missed that. Uh, the, you, yeah, I don't know. But you missed Darkseid? I forgot about that. Oh, yeah. That Darkseid was that doctor. So he was in there for um, a chunk, but it wasn't him. <laughs> so it, it was somebody, it was I, him as a doctor. So I think this is the best cyborg I've ever read. Yes, I 100% agree did, with that. Where he doesn't yeah. seem to be just the. The technological, he actually has a, a purpose as a leader. He is very well thought out. Um, I'm not, I don't know how I feel about Azrael yet. I realize he's supposed to be just kind of that hot headed muscle, but he's not, I don't know. I, I need to see more of an issue, or I need to see more issues with him being himself. He yeah. seems to be drowned in the back. Um, obviously, Starfire, I think, is amazing. They actually did a good job making me feel that she is still the princess, but she is a badass. Uh, Jessica, I don't really know great. enough about Jessica Cruz. She's really great in this, in this series so far. Um, she's definitely an outsider for this group, but also she doesn't feel like she feels like in, so in the green lanterns storyline at the beginning, she wasn't sure of herself and eventually she finds confidence in how to control her anxiety. And so at least, this character doesn't revert. A lot of times when somebody new writes a character, they revert them back to how they used to be and we lose all that character development. This Jessica Cruz is that confident person who knows how to control her anxiety and is still powerful. And I enjoy that she is like a Green Lantern they can depend on. It's not somebody that's always messing up like she used to be. So, and she, I think she's great so far. And being like the, she's on their team, but also she's kind of like uh, friction with them. Well, she's got a job to do. She's still like friction with them because she's not 100%. Like, she didn't agree to come on this. She just got like dragged along. So, it's good to have her on the team to be that person of that voice lo- of dissension. I- Go ahead. The one I have to admit, the one thing that's hard about us doing this over the phone is I can't see you guys. So, I don't yeah. know when you're going to talk. Um, I think my favorite thing is with Jessica Cruz was her construct she made. <laughs> Sorry. Uh, it was the construct she made where it actually was like a spa- when the spaceship was going to be taken off from that planet that was getting destroyed. It made me so excited to see that. Giant thrusters on the back of their Kolu ship. Uh, she is uh, a fan of anime, so she usually does like dragons and shit. So well, maybe we'll see more of that coming up here. Um, she likes to be uh, more pop culture kind of stuff, so that's cool. Yeah, uh, it definitely is a good team. I mean, they all make parts of a whole 
and um you know starfire being knocked out that's like very detrimental to this team um which is i mean she had a really quick recovery which was nice um still don't really know what's going on with this object they got in the beginning um yeah we don't really know we'll find out more in the issues to come for me this is i think for me this is uh, the DC book that I enjoy most. It's like entertaining, like it's not too heavy. It's in, like a nice read that for me is like superheroes being superheroes. And, but also it's nice that it's kind of sci-fi ish. So for me, I uh, am really enjoying this ride. For me, this issue is a nine. We'll see if this was, if Steven was on this book, Sajic, I this would have been a 10 for me, but otherwise I enjoyed everybody's interactions. It was good. Uh, I give it an, uh, I'd stick with an eight. Um, thought it was really good. Um, I just think, like, you know, this far along, maybe know a little bit more about what's about to happen. Uh, I kind of felt like almost an issue one in a way. Um, so I don't know. That kind of rubbed me the wrong way, but the art was great, and the story is improving. So I think uh, issue four will definitely be one to look forward to. Alex? Oh, Garrett. <laughs> <laughs> no, what did you Next give the we book? Got, last book we got is Fantastic Four, number four, uh, written by Dan Slott with art by Stefano Caselli. Oh, no, Alex, you never said you're reading for the book, did you? Yeah, I said you're nine. Good. Oh, okay. I think you both talked soon, that's why. Uh, Fantastic Four, here's the thing about this book. I'm gonna, and Maybe you guys should be surprised, or maybe you won't be surprised. This book was... I loved it. It was great. That's <laughs> this, you. That was me being new, Marvel. Hey, listen for a second. This book was probably the worst issue of the four I've read, and also the best issue of the four I read. <laughs> Um, I would agree with that. Like it's got, it's got some great fantastic four stuff, but it has also some very campy, like cliches in the entire issue that I'm like, uh, this is kind of not good. (laughs) Well, for, for me, everything until we got back to New York city, I didn't enjoy. And then after that, I enjoyed the book and I was like, okay, that's fantastic four. Um, oh really? We had a lot of future. I enjoyed foundation. the stuff on space. No, I didn't. I we had a lot of future foundation stuff, and like it was like, I don't know. It was a lot of like getting rid of old storylines and characters, and then finally when they got back to Earth, it was kind of like okay, now let's actually go. I actually felt when the book like picked up and like now we're going to tell our story. The rest was like cleaning up from storylines before. But see, there's one gripe I had is that when we we're in space. They're even talking about a storyline that's yet to come. And I don't care about when Bobby Drake was on Fantastic Four. No one cares about Iceman showing up. Yeah, it's just creating potential to tell stories. Um, You know, I think that uh, I would agree with that. Like the last two issues have really felt like the Fantastic Four first two issues is just kind of the big old space opera. Um Whereas this, it's like we're getting the team back together, the family back together. They're in New York. They're in their home territory. They're finding out what's happened since they've been gone, you know, when Peter Parker basically screwed up so huge that he uh, lost the Baxter building, basically. And that's their home. Um, Things getting married. You got uh, the two kids, Franklin and uh, what's the other? What's the girl's name? Val. Val. I mean, they're new characters I've never read before. I know that uh, Jonathan Hickman's FF run is they brought those kids into the picture, I believe. Not that I really know. It's my first Fantastic Four book, but um, I think it is. I I don't know if Val and Franklin are introduced in Jonathan Hickman's Fantastic Four run or not. Oh, they've been around forever. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I don't know. I've never read anything about them except for. uh, the Avengers run by Hickman. I believe they've been around since like the 90s since uh, Mark Wade wrote them or Mark Miller wrote it too. Okay. They've been around for a while. I've noticed they've every single Fantastic Four story since I started reading comics I've read, they've been in there. So, But I think, you know, I will give it to Dan Slott. Like, I think he understands these characters and how they r- interact with one another that I do feel like, like, you know, usually when he's writing Spider-Man, I'd be like, oh, Dan Slott's writing Spider-Man. I think he's actually doing a great job writing this team because like, I just get thrown in the book and I'm like yeah that's Johnny yeah that's the thing yeah that's Reed yeah that's Sue and I do enjoy that for that aspect um you know them fighting a different version of the like Fantastic Four I didn't really like that that much but it does kind of show it's like throwing in their face like well you guys kind of just 
left. So we, what do we do? You know, there's heroes need to protect the city and you're gone. So I don't know what my problem is. I like, I think I like the fantastic Four. This feels like the justice league for me where I'm not sure if I even like the characters or the team. Because I, I, I grew up watching the uh, Fantastic Four TV show or the cartoon. I love that show. It's so good. I read this book and I'm like, really? This annoys me. And I'm fine with the book not being serious. I'm fine with the book being lighthearted and dumb. But when I watch one of the smartest characters in the Marvel Universe literally be an idiot, it bugs me. And it's not like, he, it's not like Reed Richards was confused. When he's like, oh, yeah, we should go help those guys. No, you should keep your nose out of it. I don't know. It, just, it no, bugged me. But that was the point. He knew he was supposed to get involved. He was, it was a lesson for Valerie to get her out of her rut and get her back to thinking critically. He was like, okay, let's do this. And then she was, he was like, okay, what took you so long? It was a test for her. He knew not to get involved from the beginning. So, Even though I read that, I'm still like, eh, that was, I don't <laughs> think this book is for me. I think I want to see how the mer- the wedding goes, and I think I need to drop this book, because this is just... Well, Alex, actually, I, I, don't, I don't care. After I tell you how much that wedding issue cost me, you won't even pick up that issue. Um, oh, no, are you kidding me? It's going to be 10 bucks. <laughs> no, it's $8. Um, nope. Oh, my God. Um, I actually, like, it, when they got back to Earth and they fought the Fantastics... Uh, I actually enjoyed that a lot and actually felt like that was what I wanted out of this book, even though I enjoyed the first three issues. But I, the only thing for me was the art. And, like, and I don't mind Caselli, but I like Pacelli more. But I did see that starting with the next issue that um, Adam, I think, uh, Cooter is taking over the book. So that'll be good at least. I like his art a lot. So I'm excited to see where this goes. I, do, I did enjoy it a lot, um, but also, uh, once again, bias. So this was like a nine for me. Um, I'd give it a nine also. I think like they're finally dance lot. This team is figuring out who the fantastic four are and it's very early in the book. And that gets me excited because I want to see this family function as superheroes. So I'm excited. I want to like this book, but I don't, I'm going to give it a six. I also want to say, I do like that dance lot knows which characters should be telling jokes and which ones should not be. Like, Reed doesn't really joke around that much, which is great. Val is uh, doesn't joke around that much, which is great, because they're supposed to be the, kind of almost the same personality. And But you know, like uh, uh, Garrett was saying, Johnny is being Johnny, and like he's joking around. And when Spider-Man was in this issue for a little bit, he was the joking, one joking around. So I do like that he knows when to pick the jokes and make everybody the same kind of jokey, quippy character. So that, for me, I enjoy. Uh, okay, well... Those all the books, right? Yeah. Boys, we got Fantastic Four number uh, four. Mm-hmm. Uh, Maneaters number three. Black Panther number... What issue was Black Panther? Uh, six. six. Uh, Here's in Crisis number three. We have... Um, <laughs> what else did we get? Terrific number 10. number 10. And also Justice League Odyssey number three, I believe. Those are the comic books that come yes. out this week, so make sure you pick them up wherever you pick up your comic books. That should, can be your local comic book shop or online anytime. Uh, once again, not your mother. I don't know where you pick up books. Jeez. Well, guys, we have a game here. So they're not in the room with me today. So I'm thinking, I'm thinking, what are we going to do? We could have a conversation, uh, but I thought it was a little too late in the game to send you guys something to talk about. So I thought I'd make a game, something that actually works best when we're not in the same room. That way, there's no cheating that can happen. Um you guys will be on a team in a game I like to call Who's That Superhero? So here's how this is going to work. I have six pictures of a superhero. I'm going to text you guys. uh, So there's three rounds. Round one should be the easiest, then a medium round, and then a hard round. And their first round's worth one point each. Second round, two. Third round, three points. You have to get at least nine points overall to win the game. Uh, here's how it works. I'm going to text one of you guys the picture. You have to explain to the other person the picture so they can guess who the superhero is. Um, you cannot use proper uh, nouns and you can't say any part of the person's name. So, for instance, if it's Superman and Garrett asks, is it a man or a girl? You can't say a man. 
uh, you get to say it's a male, obviously. So you can't use part of the name. Or they say what color is the clothes and you have somebody like Red Arrow, you can't say it's red. Understand? No part of the name can be said. Those numbers kind are blocked of? off. The number, the name. Oh, I, I see. Okay, so Red Arrow is red. But so if, Red if Arrow, those I, two. If I have Superman and you, I go, uh, this character red wears red and blue. Yeah, you can say that. I'm saying, so when you're saying, then uh, you can't say the character's name, but not even in terms of the context of like green and saying it's like Green Lantern, right? So if it's Green Lantern, green and lantern yeah. are words you cannot use, but also proper nouns. So you can't use proper nouns. So like in their name, you can't use Hal Jordan, stuff like that. So anything else should be okay. Yeah. And you have to describe the picture. You don't describe the character in general, whatever the picture looks like. You have to describe to the other person what they're doing where they're at, okay. what they look like in the picture. Okay? So let me but if you guess the character, then you get... you. I, if Superman's flying, Superman flying, then I get the point. It's uh, just the character, right, Marvin? Just the character. Are you going to have... Uh, you're going to have 45 seconds for each round. So... Um, Alright, who's that superhero? Here we go. I sent you guys the pictures there, and we're going to start first with Alex... Alex, 45 seconds to explain to Garrett what the, who the character is based on that picture without saying their name and without using any proper nouns. Um, Garrett, you will have 45 seconds to guess. This will be worth one point of the nine that you need to get throughout the game to win. Who's that superhero? So, Alex, when you're ready, get set and go. Uh, I have red hair. I'm from Marvel. What did you I'm say? I'm from Marvel. Uh, Black Widow. Correct. Okay. Yes. Black Widow. That's one point for Team Alex Garrett. Uh, there we go. Let's reset the timer here. Garrett, do you have your picture ready? Yep. Black Widow was the first one there. Alex chose to go with red hair Marvel, which was a good choice. Could have said Mary Jane, but Garrett says Black Widow. He knows that's Black Widow right away. Uh, Garrett. 45 seconds on the clock. Alex, ready to guess in five, yep. four, three, two, one. Uh, has a goatee, is charming, and loves a Green bird. Arrow. There we go. Two points. Two points out of the nine. The first round's very easy. I want to give you guys some confidence. Then we're going to move on to round two, which is going to be worth two points each of the nine. So if you guys get both of these, I guess this game's over right away. I thought it was harder than I thought it would be. Uh, here we go, Alex. I'm going to send you yours right now. And Garrett, I'm going to send you yours right now also. And Alex, let me know when you get yours, and then you can go ahead with the second round of Who's That Superhero? Holy shit. Remember, okay. you can't say any part it. of their name. All right? Go ahead. Mm-hmm. Now. Yep. Uh, I'm from DC. I'm wearing orange and yellow. I'm part of the Secret Six. I'm a um, male. Oh. What's his name? The Panther? No. Um, You're on the right now. track. Keep going. Um, I have a thing for not dogs. Oh, uh, something cat. Uh, wildcat. No. Nope. Seven not seconds. dogs, male. Ah, <laughs> uh, not dogs, male. Um, gosh. Time is up. There we go. Catman gosh, was the answer. Sure. Catman was the answer. Catman. Okay. Catman was the answer. Uh, Garrett, are you ready with yours? Yes. 45 seconds on the clock. Alex, hands on the buzzer. Here we go. Yep. Go. Has robotic children. Has a floating plant. Um, can Magneto. phase through walls. Barry Allen, The Flash. Marvel character. Kitty, um, Kitty Pride. Can phase through walls. Has robotic children. Has a floating plant. Who is a floating plant? Doctor Strange. <sighs> Can phase oh, through walls. Vision, 15 vision. seconds. There you go. 
Harry goes. Think, where have I seen a floating plant from? But yeah, Vision. <laughs> Four points. Robotic children didn't give it away? <laughs> a lot of people got robotic kids. <laughs> so you got one of those out of the possible two. That's two points plus both of the first round. That's four points total of the total nine that you have to get, which means the next round is worth a total of six, and you need to get both of them to win the game. Otherwise, you guys will lose. So let me send your final round ones and <clears> see <throat> if you can get it. And also, remember when I say proper nouns, that means no artist name, no writer's names. I need you to describe what's on the picture. Did I do that last time? No, I'm just saying for the next round. Oh, okay. As it gets harder, I know you're going to be like, okay, this person writes the book. Uh, oh, it's not yeah. what we need. But I can use I can use the team, like Sinister Six or what have you. Uh, technically, that's a proper noun. So I didn't catch that. So good uh, good on you. <laughs> but uh, uh, yeah, so we'll see. Um, Alex, did you get your picture? Yes. Okay. When you're ready, go. Um... This is the game I've been playing. This character red, wears red and blue. Spider-Man. Marvel. Spider-Man. Uh, there's also a vehicle. <laughs> Spider-Tank. Spider. Spider, Spider uh, there you go. I think I already Super, got it. Yeah, you got Superior it. Superior Spider-Man. So seven points. There you go. This is the last one to see if you guys win this game. It's all up to Garrett. <laughs> Garrett's still playing the game. <laughs> it's all up to Garrett. Alex, hand on your buzzer. I'm ready. Garrett, go ahead. Uh, spokesperson of her family. Um, what? <laughs> spokesperson of her family fights other spokespeople of their families. Lazarus? What's, Forever? Uh, last name? Carlisle? Forever um, Carlisle? Mm-hmm. There we go. Uh, you guys win the game. Ten points. Woo! I thought it'd be a little harder. I guess not. I guess uh, I didn't think that through. The forever one, I thought it was, was going to be so hard. They're never going to get that one. But uh, oh. Garrett pulled when you, through. When you said spokesperson, I thought, whoa, what? <laughs> and then you're like, I think like she, version two like, of this she, game would be more like taboo, where there's like a list of words you can't say Yeah. about that. I mean, that'd make it way harder. Well, there we yeah, go. We uh, have to have more than 45 seconds, because I thought you were going to get cat mail when I told you not dog's mail. <laughs> There we yeah, go. but I, I was thinking like a uh, bitch, like what? <laughs> uh, there we go. Who's that superhero? Alex and uh, Garrett with the win for 10 points out of the possible uh, nine they need to win one over. They went one over. Uh, when's the comics podcast for the week? You can subscribe to us on iTunes, Google Play, Stitcher Radio, or Spotify. Wednesday Comics 605 at gmail.com that's the email address you can send us an email or on twitter at twitter excuse me at wednesday comics at marvin uh, uh, no marvin saguaro just haven't done this in a while uh alex pastrello no alex underscore pastrello and at rot 2188 jesus i missed this whole thing up. i don't have an underscore in mine <laughs> oh marvin underscore saguaro i do you don't alex pastrello uh facebook.com slash wednesday comics podcast make sure you go there to leave uh, a comment or like the page. Make sure your friends to like the page also. YouTube, you can find us there for our content. Uh, the Gauntlet, which only had one episode this month. Um, what else do we got here? Uh, hey, speaking of that, I want to bring that up. Um, so, fans, as you've noticed, the Gauntlet has been almost non-existent. Um, I just want to explain what happened is we did get together one week. Uh, there was Thanksgiving in there. There was a snow issue that the gauntlet did not come out. And then um, this last week was there was another snow issue. So um, I promise the gauntlet will be back on a more consistent schedule. If I can't do it with these guys, I promise I'll have it to you guys way earlier than what we've been doing. And we'll get more consistent schedule with the gauntlet again. You know what I vote for if you can't um, uh, get it, if we can't get together, you just go live on YouTube and you do it. Oh, I wouldn't mind doing that. All right. Swing uh, it. Subscribe to us. Make sure you see uh, Garrett live on YouTube. Uh, we got a book club, right? Wednesday Comics League of Extraordinary Gentle People proudly presents Saga the Swamp Thing, Volume 2. Uh, coming up here, first week in January, we're going to be reviewing that book. So make sure to leave your voicemail, 605-215-1849. Make sure you leave an email or leave us a drop on one of our social media pages. Speaking of Swamp Thing, roots of swamp thing.com, your definitive source for all things Swamp Thing. 
sure to visit him at Juicy World Swampy on Twitter or Facebook.com slash Roots of the Swamp Thing. Roots of the Swamp Thing.com, it will be your one-stop destination for all things Avatar of the Green. Holland Files number three is available for pre-order, so make sure you go there and pre-order that book. Um, and I am a little behind. Sorry, Boylan. But I uh, the article, I'm writing an article for one of the Holland Files. I'm not sure which one, three or four. But it uh, will come out. So you have a little contribution from Wednesday Comics there. So, uh, you know, boys, end of the November, beginning of December, we're getting into award season. We're getting into the third annual Christmas party. We're going to see Stephen probably. Um, Stephen again, he's a good man. He's going to probably be at the uh, the restaurant already for us. I think at this point he uh, knows to keep things nice and tidy for the boys. So, and maybe finally he'll bring Alex that water. <laughs> uh, Doubt it. <laughs> So I made reservations. We're going to show up at the restaurant, do our annual Christmas party after the awards. And, you know, I'm looking forward to it. Christmas time of the year is the best part of the year. And you know what they say, Alex, when you get a machine gun, right? Ho, ho, ho. My name is Marvin. I'm Alex. I'm Garrett. Hey, everyone. Keep turning those pages. <laughs>